Good evening, everyone. Tonight we have Sean Parker with us on our podcast. Sean is a well-known writer, artist, lecturer in art, cultural theory, and justice reform. He's got quite the background. I've, I've listened to some of his band music as well. He's a great artist. Thank you for that. Uh, he's lived in Istanbul for a decade or so, where he lectured at Istanbul University. He's given TED Talks. He's won awards for his writing. Quite an accomplished writer. And... Uh, Close and near and dear to our hearts, he's the editor or a contributor to the False Allegations Watch for the Empower the Innocent organization. Thanks for joining us tonight, Sean. Very happy to be here, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And at the start of it, we also have to say your artistry is excellent because you're going to hold up that painting. Now we're going to do it right off the bat. <laughs> and that's Michael and I. Thank you. Michael, you look very skinny in that one. It's really good. I like good. it. I like it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sean. I'm sure it'll be at Southby's in a few years. Fingers crossed. So it's a delight to have you on. Um, and, you know, we want to talk a little bit with you about something that's uh, obviously been very interesting to you to follow is cancel culture and how it's still alive now and how it sort of impacts with what we discuss and, and how it plays out also in the arts. So why don't we turn it over to you to take us through some of the stuff that you're looking into and, and following very closely. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I, I'm sort of these days. I'm a bit more of a member of False Allegations Forum, um, which is an extension of False Allegations Watch and Empowering the Innocent. And FAF um, kind of attempts to connect all, all of the British areas of justice reform and wrongful convictions and false allegations into one um, group, uh, helmed often by Dr. Michael Norton of University of Bristol, with whom I work closely. Patrick Graham, who's a very outspoken person on the men's rights movement and things like that. And there are other characters in there who all um, uh, play a part in it. And I I'm, I'm a part of that in order to connect the conversation to the media and to cancellation in the arts, because I'm also a member of the Academics for Academic Freedom um, organization here, uh, which is big and growing for obvious media reasons. We're all spotting what's going on and the sort of stories that you talk about on your podcast so popularly over here um, impact the lives of academics. Uh, Mr. Lawrence Patihis you had on recently and he's a hero to all of us, uh, for example, and some of these other characters you have on. We follow them closely, we share, we dissect it all in the False Allegations Forum. So it's like a tie-in to all that and I'm interested in the impact that has on the arts and on free speech and on people's lives. So what are you seeing happening in the UK then? Um, if a person's met with a with a false allegation of any sort, it's used as a lever to um, have other things in their life ended. And so that could be the allegation in itself, whether it be sort of sexual or, or fraud or, or anything else, or anything salacious. And the more salacious, the better. And then, then the media will operate on those levers in order to have them taken from power, but have, have them uh, de demasculated or whatever else needs to be done to them. And um, that's become so obvious over the last couple of years and in the last 10 years, the Me Too thing, of course. And um, Mr. Johnny Depp was a great barometer of, of what's actually going on. That's been very useful for everyone, hasn't it? Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm curious if because, you know, we've seen a little bit of a since the Johnny Depp and a few other cases, um, we've seen a slight shift, uh, maybe backward away from sort of the precipice of where we were with canceling people. And there's been some notable successes in that regard. 
But are you seeing that in the UK or is it getting worse? And I and there's just something, uh, you know, that's hit the news lately over the last day or two that you were talking about before you just came right on the podcast. I was actually talking to Dr. Michael about this a couple of days ago in that since 2020, since COVID or whatever 2020 means, there has actually been an improvement in things in terms of exonerations, things getting um, like the other end of the cycle, like the postmaster scandal we have here, worst miscarriage of justice in British history. That's massive news and a big TV program. Mr. Andy Malkinson last summer, who was um, spent 16 years in prison because of a rape um, that he didn't commit and uh, and it, it, all of this stuff. And it, that was a huge story as well. Um, and all on the back of Depp, Kevin Spacey, of course. Um, yeah, that, I, I, I wanted to mention that because that was a full on trial. Right with multiple allegations um, where he was acquitted. Um, and of course, it's very similar to Canada where it, you know, we don't know what the jury's actual deliberations were. But I thought that was a bit of a watershed moment in the UK with somebody who was high profile, where there was you know, very damaging allegations, where the media was all over it. He was, he was canceled. And then we had that acquittal, which I thought was an important moment, at least for you know, justice in, in the UK. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, it was, it was a great part I do. <laughs> time for, for, for the arts. He came out and did an amazing speech in, I think it was a Kicking Lear um, thing. In yeah, some, I saw um, that. That was great. Yeah, actors thing. It was just brilliant to watch because he's bringing Innocence Arts, which is which is, it's, it's another of, of our sort of projects. Uh, into He's saying, I'm an actor and you've made me act this. I had to, and, you know, he wasn't at court when he said, did I uh, reach out when I was lonely? Yes, I did. You know, incredibly moving stuff. His lawyer did, did a storming job and he was acquitted twice in, in America and then in the UK because whatever he was doing back then when he was drinking too much and things didn't reach the standard of sexual assault, which um, one would expect. And like the tone that you cover in your podcast, usually when it's like, how on earth it looks like in that court, it's it was like that. The atmosphere was correct, you know. And the fact that he had to pay back netflix or whoever the company was millions of pounds for a thing that he wasn't in or something you know i hope he's got all that money back and that cancellation was just revolting it felt revolting at the time and it was great when he was exonerated you know and so we were talking about when we brought that up there have been a number of these cases so has there been a bit of improvement with respect to that in the uk on the high profile um it's uh, these cases appear to be slowly uh, these big actors, um, some sense appears to be getting into the courts where it doesn't exist in the media. Uh, but when they are exonerated in this way, the language, which thanks to X and things like that, we're all starting to deconstruct the language of the media. We're all aware of how they're written, which means that they're not having the impact that they once did, which is epochal. You know, it's very, very important that that happens because people should be critically trained to read the media because we're, we all know that we're being torn six different ways. Um, is it changing the life of the common man? It's always hard to tell because the common man usually scutters away to try and get on with his life, you know, and, and that's 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 an endless story that we can't do anything about, but encourage them to be more open about what's happened to them. But it sounds, Sean, like this hasn't uh, filtered down to uh, the broadcasters and I guess the employers. Sounds like they're taking still a shoot first, ask questions later approach. I would say so. Uh, um, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, has been um, uh, exposed as a problem. And it's been kind of claimed that it's a right wing 
um, stance to be anti-DEI, but it's increasingly become a pro-rational uh, stance of, of any left-right. Loads of, of left-wingers that I know are tired of, of DEI and say that it's got to end the Harvard thing affecting all that. But what, what I'm getting towards is that that thinking will hopefully um, get into the media. So the media realizes that to 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 talk talk to talk to these stories in a more objective adult way is actually the way to go as opposed to going woke and for want of a better term and those films aren't making any money and of course that's the bottom line yeah see you know i've been finding you know with certain cases here where they where the media is seeking out commentary they're at least open to the idea that in fact somebody has a presumption of innocence they're just allegations but by and large still it's very problematic here. Even, you know, recently we had a, a case where we had charges withdrawn. Uh, a client uh, was prominent and there was reports in the media and he's having, we're having the hardest time getting it changed. They certainly won't take it down, but it's just updating it. That's part of the problem because I still see that throughout the industry of media, whether it's print, which if anybody reads it, you know, online or, or where are, you, they're not, they're, they're not caring about the end result. And and out the gate, um, you know, it's very ferocious at the beginning, which, like you said, winds up da damaging everybody's lives. And and I'm j that's why we're, I was very curious following what, what work you're doing and how it is unfolding in the UK, because there's been some dynamic things going on there. Still a problem, though, with yeah. the media. How, how, do you, how do you try and deal with that in the UK? Resilience. <laughs> Yeah. Um, resilience in the face of what is clearly a lever of power, which we've always always kind of known that's the case. But it appears, and people haven't still been able to answer me exactly why, over the last 10 years, precisely 2013-14, Obama's second term, um, that things ramped up at that point with all of the right stuff, with all of DEI, trans, Me Too, racial um, stuff, all of that seemed to get amplified into craziness and it can't all be elon musk uh coming in he's coming to say that's enough you know so it it's um we watch those things with a sense of powerlessness with an awareness that innocent until proven guilty is only only now in in words i don't know about there and i don't want to be be negative to to our audience but we're all aware that it's just not the case anymore <laughs> if the guy's in the dock it's guilty until you prove him innocent and that's 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 an inversion. It filters down everywhere. I, I I'm dealing with a case now where a young student uh, was suspended from school for 20 days as a result of a girl claiming a year ago he kissed her, and it was interesting the language in the letter from the principal when I was uh, doing the interview with the principal at the investigation, where it is said you have done the following, sexually assaulted a girl. And the first question I asked of the principal, doesn't it bother you that the key word missing here is allegedly? And then she sent a follow-up letter today and she's quietly inserted the language allegedly as we're moving through the issue. So it's interesting how the language, the language of allegedly seems to be or have vanished and we have to fight to make it come back. You know, and I sorry, it's it's a shame because there wasn't a necessary sort of awakening where there were people who were suffering in silence. There was abuse, and there needed to be a maturation of how we view 
violence and sexual violence. No doubt about that. And so there was a lot of value that came in through the Me Too movement and through, at the beginning, you know, DEI. But then it went to a completely, you know, far crazy zone. And I thought it was coming back a bit, but we're still, I'm seeing a little bit better in the media, but we're still facing on basic levels like universities, schools, and then, and then with the public themselves because of how they get fed through the media, understanding that we have to look at these things objectively. And reporting has to go back to, in my opinion, objective reporting as opposed to always inserting opinion and drawing conclusions based on very little. I mean, I'll just say at least one of the stations here has a former officer as a reporter. He does a very good job of always saying allegedly has to be proved in court, but that's few and far between. It really is. What, what was the recent yeah. case, what was the recent issue you were talking about now? Somebody's just being deplatformed now in the UK uh, for saying some yeah. for saying something, and he's a a, a free speech sort of uh, advocate. Right. Um, we're talking about Mr. Lawrence Fox, um, who, um, for those who don't know, um, he used to be a, a big actor in the UK, um, um, popular and very mainstream, normal. Uh, and then in 2019-20, he went on question time on the BBC and um, uh, he was called out by an audience mem- uh, member who was talking about he, him being a racist. And he just uh, uh, t- uh, t- turned it back onto her and said, no, you're the racist here. And this is the first time it's ever been heard on the BBC uh, by all accounts. And the next day he was dropped by his acting agency. Um, he's a famous and rich actor from a rich family, the Fox family. They're big here. And right. um, all, all of his opportunities went away. Um, he's a very outspoken guy to the point that he can't help it. He's like a sort of uh, Tourette's free speech. Um, well, we, we all need filters. <laughs> and he tweets however he wants. And um, the fact is, loads of free speech people love him because he does actually actually say it as it. He set up the Reclaim Party straight after that, which is about reclaiming culture from DEI. It's very anti-trans activism, not anti-trans people. You know, that difference is massive and important. I don't know anybody who's anti-trans people, but loads of people are anti-trans activism. And um, we are slowly seeing how the Equality Act has been used to do whatever you want in not an always positive way. And that's the radical feminists down to the trans activists and everybody else in this. You hear on a weekly basis of abuses being carried out in power by these people. Mr. Lawrence Fox yesterday um, had uh, didn't actually win, but there was a uh, in court... Um, he was accused of being a racist by two Stonewall people from Stonewall, the gay thing, um, because everyone calls Lawrence Fox racist all the time. He turns around to them in a tweet a couple of years ago and says, you're a paedophile then. It's a rhetorical slur. He didn't think they're a paedophile. He was just doing it back. If you're going to use bullshit words, then excuse me, then I'll use them back to you. Um, that was tossed about in court. You guys will love it. And the judge yesterday said, we can't say that they were incorrect to call you a racist. And so Lawrence comes out and does his entire speech to camera. Um, so now he's going to appeal for like the eighth time or something, just for a little potted history on what's happening with Lawrence Fox, who's always at the edge of the headlines. Thank God for those people. <laughs> and it's interesting, you know, I mean, um, you know, our sensitivity levels have become so fragile, um, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, we have to be careful to, 
to protect, you know, people's sensibilities and what's important to them and, and try and not be um, denigrating. But our sensibility is so f***ing fragile now that you can get sued or canceled or complained about for almost anything if they just don't like what you say or they're hurt by what you say. And um, it's something we got to overcome as a society. And, and for some reason, I seem to think it's like we have it all too good uh, in the Western world that these are our biggest issues, even though there's a lot of shit going on in the world that we need to pay attention to. And frankly, pe people are, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but people are struggling in our economy. We've got a lot of issues. And yet everybody snaps over things that really you should just be able to take a step back and just like, all right, let, all right. let me just assess it for what it is. Or if I don't agree with what he says or I don't like it, I'll move on. But, you know, we get we get complaints and get litigious and it's the whole social media thing. We're victim culture, right? But what but 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 what I'm interested in with you is that a lot of this you see play out play out in the arts. And, you know, there hasn't been a lot of talk about how it impacts the arts. And we see now that this was an actor, you know, who's well known in the UK. We've seen what happened to Kevin Spacey. Um, but, you know, it's tough to speak out even in the arts and you can disappear from the scene and be deplatformed. Um, can I just ask you a bit um, for your contributions to the False Allegations uh, organization? Um, are, are you following anything in particular or what's your contribution? I'm, I'm just talking about what you may be following and, and how that organization's operating. The False Allegations f uh, f uh, f Forum incorporates uh, FACT, which is the falsely accused kind of carers and teachers um, org, which is the oldest here. It's about 20 years old and FASO, the False Allegation Support Organization, and Empowering the Innocent. They're all somewhat distinct with slightly different profiles. With fact, it was about um, the paedophile panic of the 90s and that kind of thing that you'll, you'll recognize. And those stories are, they're not over by any means, and there's all kinds of accusations, but they're not as um, chronic as they once were. We're dealing with the, the long tail of these things and having to help the people who are falsely accused. and. I'm very much about conflict resolution, and I keep trying to push all of these debates that you just mentioned earlier, um, people not getting agreement. I'm quite into agreement. Loads of people disagree with me about conflict resolution, but, I mean, it's the kind thing to do. It's the Christian thing. It's the mature and the Western thing, you know. And um, I, so everyone has their own little angle that they're pushing through. And at the moment, there's lots of – Odette Van Rensburg of Dogs on the Run film wants to make a, make a new film. She makes loads of really good short films about um, the feminine, basically about feminism, gender feminism, not equality feminism, equality feminism, good, gender feminism, bad, in my personal. And Odette thinks that too. And she's spotting what's going on and the emasculation of culture tying in with the problems that they bring and, 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 lots of the things that we're witnessing nobody really wants to talk about this elephant in the room don't do they and it's um me neither but they've bought it and everyone's silent on it and that's not the way dialectic should be in my opinion so i don't think i quite answered you there joe but I no i i mean it's an interesting thing but again i'm i'm, I'm big in favor of civilized discourse that you know I'm a big one about, I like conflict resolution. I like about sitting down, talking. We may not necessarily agree, but we can talk as human beings and try and meet some sort of a, a commonality and understanding. But I, I'm interested in, just simply because of the false allegations, watch an organization, are you seeing any type of coalescence 
in the UK of various organizations that are operating, looking for false allegations and are, are posting information. Are they coalescing and cooperating? Because we're, we're still struggling here to get more of an organized movement. We've spoken about how we're trying to work with an academic to get some actual data and study going, but it's still, you know, there's various groups, but we're not a homogeneous group yet. Is is there any movement to that in the UK? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I, I hear exactly what you just said, and we get lots of people from all over the world, Spain and India, particularly Argentina, chronically hit by the things that we're talking about here. Um, I think basically it's because they have more gender feminist academics um, coming th through the ranks into positions of power there, more strident. Um, BAF, which incorporates all these things, is actually quite dynamic because we've seen an incredible up uptick in, in false allegations or spurious allegations, as I often put it as, false convictions, you know, just all the stuff that you you guys talk about with the memories, false, false the memory syndrome, Kevin Felstead had to change his uh, a charity. We try to put all those into our meetings and to find a way f forward to talk to the media properly in an informed way and fearless as 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 much as we're allowed, you know. Um, and um, but there's there's always a different theme, and I am always watching the media to see how they're treating it because I don't like to be in the shallows in in the murk. I, I like to be forward facing and going shall we talk about this you know and um that's apparently as much of a threat as anything else and we're in the moral right though right yeah, and i think it's a i think it's a matter of maturation um you know i think it's a matter of time until these things become much more matured uh, sean this has been very interesting uh we're on zoom so we're, and i know it's late there so we're running out of time but um this is very interesting i i, I think we're going to follow some more stuff in the uk and you know we may may email you some stuff and ask you to come back on to talk about what's going on in the UK, because what we like to reach out now to other jurisdictions and get opinions and have some thoughtful discussions. So I think this is great, and don't be surprised if uh, we reach out to you again, Sean. And it's always great communicating with you over the platform. Absolutely, I'm absolutely happy to be here and happy to come back again anytime you like. Great, you'll Thank see you. another email from me soon. Yeah, and there's that picture. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, it's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. Take care, my friend. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us. The UK has, I, I think that they're certainly ahead of us. Right. Because they've been dealing with false allegations better. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been some prosecutions for people who've been right. false. Uh, yeah, we dealt with those. We've dealt with them. And they have some, some fairly significant organizations that are compiling information and sharing information and getting it out there. And I think, you know, as part of what we want to try and do is reach out. We have viewers from all over the world. And I think it's interesting, you know, I'd like to reach out to the UK uh, I mean, aside from the UK to Australia and other jurisdictions to see what's going on there. Because um, I just think it's it's interesting to hear from other jurisdictions. It's on my things to do list. Okay, pillow time. Pillow time. You just love hearing that, don't you, Marcy? It's not bedtime, honey. It's not bedtime. It's, no, not yet. <laughs> Ready? Yes, please. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share, folks. Where's your pillow? It's right oh, there here. It is. You always hug the pillow. Thank you very much, everybody. And again, keep coming with those comments and, and uh, questions. It's great for us because it leads us in different directions, and we really, we really love it. So thank you very much. Good night. Thank you. Good night.